Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. Um, hi, Paul. Hi, Rebecca. Oh, we're going formal today. <laughs> Very much so. It's a it's an occasion. Is it? Yeah. Oh, because we're recording. Yep. Ah, okay. And it's our very first... Oh, it is. Our very first TV series. It is. You're listening to DVD Clutter, the podcast about DVDs and decluttering. Very cleverly put together. Mm-hmm. That was actually you. Full credit oh, for the title much. for yeah. you. I don't know if I should have left the E in there. Oh, Keeps DVD Clutter. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, we can change it one day. Maybe. Maybe. Brand recognition and such. <laughs> anyway, true. on this podcast, we look through our old DVDs... We rewatch them and we decide whether to keep them, yep. send them to the op shop, yep. or to uh, tie put, them down with plastic wrap to a and table and murder them, and <laughs> throw them into a into ocean the bay. Crap, <laughs> crap, what ocean? What's that thing? What's a like a crevasse? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I almost said cravat. Cravat. <laughs> oh, lovely. So formal. <laughs> anyway, um, that's what we do on the show. We do. Uh, hopefully you'll have a pretty good understanding of that by now. But if not, and if it's your first episode, welcome. We, uh, you probably read the title and clicked on it because we are doing the very beloved television series, Dexter. Yes, we're doing the first season the today. The first season, yeah. We'll probably talk a little bit about the other seasons. Yes, I'm, it's hard not to. Yeah. But we, I've only seen up to season four. Me too. Well, was okay. that the Jimmy Smith season? Uh, the season where Jimmy Smith is on it was the last one I watched. Who's Jimmy Smith's? You know Jimmy Smith? Like, do I? He became the president in West Wing. Oh, that guy. That's season three. Oh, yeah. Well, I only watched up to season three then. Oh, you haven't seen season four? No. Oh, season four's so good. Yeah, that's why. Because I've got season four on DVD. I bought it and then... But you didn't watch didn't it? Didn't watch it. Oh, <laughs> you have to watch Classic it. Classic <laughs> me move. That's great. You're going to go through this whole journey. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So when we get to season four, get ready. Be, yeah. Season four... Is was... that John Lithgow? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. I was looking forward to that. Yes, it's great. Yeah. Season four is good because season two for me, season two and season three were like a bit of a letdown because I just like, spo- like spoiler alert, freaking love season one. Mm. I loved season one. It was just so good. Um, and then season two and season three, I was like, Whoa. season two is the surprise motherfucker season. Is it? Yeah. With dokes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I just I just found it really hard. I'm jumping way ahead of the game, but I found it really hard to follow the plot of season one. The plot of season one? No, no, no. Hard a hard act oh, to follow. Yeah, I thought you like you didn't follow it, even rewatching it. I'm like pretty straightforward. <laughs> That's why you're here to explain <laughs> it to me, right? Um, so this is Beck's DVD. Yes, series of DVDs. Yep. And I guess I'll just dive in and talk a little bit about sure how I came across it. So the year is 2007. Mm-hmm. I'm in my first year of university. Mm-hmm. I'm living on campus, Swinburne, Hawthorne. Yeah, what a place. What a place, what a time. Yeah. <laughs> Studying film and TV. Both. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Although, did we actually ever get around to analyzing any TV shows? No. Yeah. In my course, it was all about the film. Why did they even call it TV? Well, I think we, we can talk about that a bit later, but TV... It studies itself and I guess the idea of TV as a medium really was not popular till about this After time. This, like this exactly. Really, yeah. 
um, because it, TV wasn't, I guess, recognised as an art form no. in quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was for women back then. It was for women. As soon as they made it for men, suddenly anyone would oh, talk well. about it. No, that, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that no, was it. That I, was, I totally believe it. Yeah. Well, this has a lot of women in the production, actually, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, but that's a story for later on the podcast. So at college, do you, I don't know if you had, because you lived at college as well. Mm-hmm. This is where I was first introduced to the idea of file sharing. Mm. What a time. I know. <laughs> Why did they take that away from us? Yeah. So literally we, everyone shared their, whatever videos they had, their yeah. hard drive filled with movies, TV shows, yeah. music, whatever. It was on the shared system, like on the network. Yeah. This was before, for the children listening, this was before you had the magic of Netflix and Stan. Oh yeah. Could, far you know, before. Yeah. Yes. Like in, in these days, if you wanted to watch something, you had to buy, buy it. Yeah. Like you'd have to go to a physical shop. You could yeah. maybe order it online, but you'd have to get a physical and product. For a TV series, if you missed it on TV, you had to wait oh, till it had finished yes. and then a bit after yes. to go buy it. And I remember the controversy when, yeah, some TV show released the DVD when all the episodes hadn't finished on TV. And Ooh. people were like, what's even the point anymore? Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Um, But also it was almost prohibitively expensive to buy DVDs Mm -hmm. back then. Well, not DVDs of a film, but for a movie, for a box set, it was like 50 bucks, Mm. 40, 50 bucks. When you're, you know, an 18 year old, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was a whole revelation. Like this is a time when I got to have access to all these film and TV shows that I just had never seen before. And Dexter was, so this is one of those ones, but I didn't actually watch it when I think I must have downloaded it. Um, in 2007, like when we left college, we were all like frantically because I had a year at college. We as it come, we were coming to the end of the year, we were frantically like copying whatever we could onto our own hard drives, getting things that we were vaguely interested in, whatever. Um, and then the next year, so 2008, I was living in a share house in um, in Richmond and watched this on my computer in my room, um, away from my noisy housemates and everything. And I would just sit in bed and watch it. And it's like that quite intimate you and the screen kind mm. of moment, which I kind of still love. Like oh, yeah. that, it's like almost like you're in a cinema, and it's a cinema just for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was. I just remember being so tense this whole time. It was the first time I'd ever watched something so dark. I think like I'd seen murder mysteries and that kind of thing before, but something that was this complex and dark and mm. and delved into yeah, I guess the complexities of the human nature with. Dexter's dark passenger in quotation marks, which we'll talk about a bit mm-hmm. more. Like there's two sides of him. And I remember just it being so tense that I had to pause it because I couldn't like I was just not was not used to the tension. I'd like pause it, I'd run out to my housemates and be like, Oh my god, ah! and then I'd run back in and I'd be like, Okay, I remember that watch feeling. it again. Yeah. Do you remember that feeling too? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with shows, yeah. Yeah. With this one or with other No, this one we'll get to how I watched yeah. it eventually, but yeah, with other shows. With other just, shows. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good feeling. Mm. Like you have that adrenaline rush and you're like, I just love that mm. it's, it's just got you. Like it just yeah. gripped, gripped me so much. Um, but also to the point where I had to have little breaks cause I found the tension so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So I loved it so much. And then I bought the DVD because yeah, like at that time it was expensive to buy a season, but I knew that I loved the tv show so much and it kind of i was still like we've talked about before you know adolescence is that identity formation time period and you're an adolescent until you're about 25 so i was still very much finding myself as a young adult in melbourne separate to my family separate to what i had grown up with and this was a part of my i think it kind of 
wormed its way in there as a part of my new identity as a as my own person as an adult living by myself etc etc um and definitely definitely allowed me to find that side of me that continues to love dark and disturbing television and and film Mm. (laughs) um and like woke that little part up of myself so i went and bought it um it came with a free t-shirt t-shirt i had that t-shirt did you yeah i fucking wore that t-shirt to death i think i still probably have it somewhere but it has like a massive rip in the armpit (laughs) it's completely faded but i just loved it watch dexter or i'll kill you t-shirt yeah 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 it says that on the back i think and then it's got dexter in big letters on the front yeah um and i that that t-shirt was totally part of my identity as well i was like Mm. i was like this is me you know i i just felt like this show got me in ways that nothing else had before brilliant (laughs) yeah so yeah i was completely in love with this tv show Mm. yeah that's how it came into my life wonderful now do you want me to jump into the plot now i think so like i think most people kind of have an awareness of what dexter is yeah let's give a bit of a rundown and look because this is a tv series i feel like we've got to put in the spoiler warning we are doing we are going to talk through the whole series including twists and turns and how it finishes up so i guess if you haven't watched it and you're planning to watch it pause now come back and then come back it's all on stand so watch it on stand all the seasons are on stand that's just it um which is pretty amazing so go watch it on stand get your 30 day free trial and smash it out smash through it Um, but we might also, on top of that, we might also talk a little bit about what we know from the later seasons. Yeah. Because it's hard not to, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Es- yeah. Especially in the way that we sort of talk about how things interact with our life. So, yes. Yep. So, yeah. Keep that in we're, mind. We're putting it all on the table. Yep. Spoiler warning so far. So, Dexter, Dexter Morgan, he is a blood spatter expert working for Miami police. Yeah. Um, he's got a dark secret that he's also a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, he, from a young age... Uh, his adoptive father, obviously he was adopted too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, his adopted father <laughs> noticed that he had this dark side and said, look, we can't fix this in you, so I'm going to hope you use it for good. Yeah. And he gave him this code, yeah. and Dexter's always stuck to this code, yeah. that he only kills people that are bad. Yeah, so his, his, father, his um, adoptive father worked for the police yeah. as well. So he was a cop. He was a cop. He was a cop. Um, yeah. So... You know, he had this... I think he he used Dexter to get the guys who got away, essentially. He was like, you know, the police... The justice system doesn't always work. Sometimes we miss people that we know are really guilty. We just can't... We just can't um, prove it. You have this urge to kill. We can't fix it. But here's a way we can channel it. Yeah. And that is the code that Dexter lived by. Yeah. And Continues Harry, his dad, by. also yeah. taught him really how to get away with it. Yeah. Like how careful you've got to be. Yes to make sure you're never caught. Yeah. Part of that is, I guess, them covering up the murders themselves, but part of it is also pretending to be like a normal human. Yeah, not allowing anyone to see this dark yeah. side. So he has studied social interactions <laughs> and can do it pretty well. Yeah. He has a good relationship with his work colleagues. Yep. The only person that seems a little bit onto him is Sergeant Dokes, yep. who is a cop at work, yep. who just, like, you know, he's never like, hey, you're a murderer, but he's always like, there's something weird about you. He's like, you give me the creeps, you know that? Yeah, and motherfucker. And like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> he and he's, he's like, he's a bit, um, he's also so heightened in his aggression that everyone kind of is like, yeah. ignores him. So yeah. it kind of plays against him. And if he actually wanted to prove something, he should have done it a lot better. But he's just yeah. like, Bleh. That's it. <laughs> um, 
Dexter's sister, so adopted sister, Dad. Harry's actual daughter, is also a cop yep. in the Miami Metro. Yep. So they work together. Yeah. Uh, she starts off this series working for Vice, yep. but really wants to get into homicide. Yeah. Let me just also, I'm putting out, trying to put out all the characters here. Uh, part of his uh, play to look normal, Dexter knows that he had to have a girlfriend, yep. so he lucked into finding Rita. Yeah. Um, Rita had been in an abusive relationship with her husband, Paul. Yep. He'd gone to jail. Yeah. It's really good for Dexter because she's sort of, I guess... Damaged, damaged like he is. Damaged like he is yeah. and sort of isn't interested in sex for yeah. one thing, but also sort of like having a deep emotional yes, connection. She's, she's a bit like, afraid of that. Yes, exactly. So, she's wary of having an emotional connection and he feels he can't fake a real deep emotional connection. Yeah. And he feels that when he has sex with someone, he, in quotations, reveals himself because he kind of loses himself, I guess, and mm. he's scared of what the other person will see. So he's trying to avoid having sex and he's trying to avoid having a deep emotional connection. And Rita's played by Julie Benz for the Buffy fans out there. That is the awesome vampire Dala. You'll know if you watch Buffy, Paul doesn't. So he looks uh, very blank at the moment. But if you watch Buffy, you'll recognize Rita as Dala from Buffy, recurring character on Buffy. We should also say that um, Dexter is played by Michael C. Hall as well. So good. Um, Fucking love that guy, man. Yeah, he is Great. He's and such a good actor. Talk about him later. Um, and Deborah's played by Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah. I'm going to dive a little bit into, I guess, the reader storyline. Just because this is a whole series, it's a bit hard to sort of go. I didn't want to go episode by episode, so I'm going to maybe tie up a few things as we go. So we're anyway. actually, to in full disclosure, we're yeah. kind of using the Wikipedia plot breakdown yep. as, as our a guide summary. for this. Yeah. So, which I got an email from Wikipedia the other day. Hmm? They need people to donate money. Have you ever donated? Yeah, I have. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. We're fucking heroes. <laughs> <laughs> so go and donate $3 to Wikipedia because, yeah. uh, you know, it's great. Yeah. I use it before I teach all the time. Oh, yeah. And then I tell my kids not to <laughs> use it. It's a good one for... Um, a general overview. So donate, um, go donate to Wikipedia. That's it. So Paul, the, ex, the, well, the still husband, but yeah. that's separated... Seemed to be ex-husband. ...is eventually let out of prison um, and tries to come back into the family yeah. says he's a changed man yeah but so we should also say Rita has two young kids yes who with Paul um Cody and Asta Asta um who uh, Cody's quite young so he thinks his dad's still a hero Asta yeah. knows a little bit more about how abusive yeah. her dad was um but they love Dexter they get along really well with Dexter and then when Paul is released from prison obviously that presents a whole bunch of complications around that family dynamic yeah, yeah. and things get quite tense with that stuff but in, basically it ends up and here's the first spoiler that Dexter frames Paul for possession of drugs and gets him back out of the picture yes he does yeah a uh, yeah. little drop there for season two yeah a little like that's how we kind of link into season uh, two later but I just we'll remember about losing just completely losing it when they sort of hint at that at the end of this season when like, they go to the the shoe that yeah. proves that it was Dexter yeah yeah Losing um, it like, no, he's like, going to get caught. How, how are they going to... Because they wrap up things quite nicely at the end of season one, but then they leave these... One loose ends. Yeah, and which is a continued thing throughout the series. And even like episode to episode, the cliffhangers, I think, in this show, I'm jumping a bit into a review, but is really part of it. Yes. And originally I watched it week by week as it was released. Oh, did you? And it, you know, it would kill you. Yeah. I just remember that excitement yeah. being like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are they going to get out of this? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, which is so good now because you can binge it. You're like, oh, I'll just yeah, find I can, out. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can find out straight away. But also not as good for your memory of the show, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, the main plot for this season is this serial killer that Dexter 
is immediately awestruck by it because they drain the bodies completely of blood. Yeah. And Dexter's all like blood obsessed. He's like, you know, he's a blood spatter expert. Yeah. And so his job is to go on scene, analyze the blood spatter, see what ha- occurred in terms of like what direction the knife came from, where the bullet was coming from, whatever. Yeah. So he turns up to this crime scene. No blood. Yeah, no blood. And he's like, wow, I already love this guy. Yeah. I've got respect, <laughs> yeah. respect for him as a, as a serial killer. Yeah. Um, and he basically puts out this idea that he needs to keep um, the bodies cold, the murderer, so he's probably using a portable yeah. portable ice truck, so yeah. he gets known as the ice truck killer. Yeah. These dead sex workers keep turning up. They're chopped up, drained of blood. Yeah. However, on top of this, the killer starts communicating with Dexter by leaving things in his house. Yeah. Um, the by... first one is a pulled off head of a doll, like a like a Barbie doll, but for copyright reasons, not a, not Barbie, a Barbie doll. doll. Yeah. <laughs> the pulled off head of a, a doll that's like stuck to his freezer. And the woman who they found, the first woman that they found murdered was missing a head. Yeah. So that was like a bit of a hello to Dexter. Yes, and then it, that increases the body parts start being found in Dexter's childhood memories. Yeah. Um, how else does it escalate? Oh, one of the people that Dexter's kills uh, gets brought back up from the ocean. Oh, yes. Oh, by the way, we should, when Dexter kills people, he, he drops them into the ocean. Yes, that's how help. he gets rid yep. of them. Yeah. Um, so he chops them up into little pieces um, yeah. and then drops them in the ocean out on his boat. Yeah, this ice truck killer is playing games with Dexter. Dexter's got a few hunches about it, so he's helping his sister out, and that gets her promotion from vice to homicide. There's a couple of, like, false things, thinking they found the ice truck killer. The first one, they think it's this security guard. Yeah, Uh, Because they see him placing... The CCTV shows him placing um, a body on a... Ice rink. Ice rink. But Dexter's like, "Mm, that's clearly not him. Look at him looking around like he's anxious but you know this is a media nightmare now um mm-hmm. the lieutenant Liguetta um wants to wrap it up so they're like yep we got him da 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 yeah then they think they found him again they find this guy that had a connection to both the crime scenes um they go to his house and they find there's photos and stuff of the ice truck killer victims yeah they're like this guy's the guy he actually confesses he, yeah he confesses because he's like yeah i am the guy but dexter's like mm. and every, everyone thinks he's the guy yeah um, but Dexter's like, nah, this guy's not cool enough. Because he, he lives in this, he lives in, lives in a trailer, but then the trailer is like not neat and clean and spick and span. It's like covered in stuff. It's messy. There's shit everywhere. Um, and Dexter, as soon as he sees that, he's like, nah, this isn't the guy. This guy is precise, clean, orderly, da 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 da, all of that stuff. But he hurts Deb because Deb's like, well, this was my... Yeah. idea like I, I kind of found this guy and I can't believe you're not backing me and Dex was like I'm sorry but it's not the right guy so it turns out not the right guy yeah so meanwhile while this is going on um Deborah has started dating yeah this prosthetics expert yeah she's had a string of bad boyfriends yeah um she got to know this prosthetics expert because he got involved helping out this security guard that the ice truck killer chopped up a little bit yeah because they the security guard they thought was yeah. the ice truck killer turned out he was actually captured by the ice truck killer yep. I hope you're all following. (laughs) This is 12 hours of content that we're trying to summarize. Um, So she's dating this guy and he seems... Yeah, Rudy. uh, He seems really cool. He's like really good looking. Yeah, you know, he's a doctor and he used to go to art school. Like he's got all this stuff going for him. He's like emotional connection with her. He treats Mm -hmm. her really well. Yeah, but we find out 
as an audience about the time that they start really dating turns out actually and big spoiler <laughs> <laughs> what is it paul here's here's the ice truck oh my god yeah so we find out that as the audience but the other characters don't, don't know. know that yet yeah yeah and meanwhile dexter gets a letter from his father yeah, so not Harry, not Harry, not his adopted father, his biological father, yeah. who he's never heard of. He's like, yeah. oh, I've just, I've just, um, someone has died. Someone called Joe Driscoll has died, and they've left me their estate, and yeah. I don't know who this is. And then they go, they do a little bit more research, a bit more digging. Turns out it is actually his biological father. Yeah. So they have to go and help clean up. This is kind of where we really find out that Rudy's yeah. the ice truck killer and how obsessed he is with Dexter because he wanted to spend time with Dexter. He keeps asking Deborah if. He can meet Dexter, all of this stuff, and then convinces Deborah to, when uh, Rita and Dexter want to go and clean out this house that they have to go clean out, Rudy's like, well, we should go help him. Yeah. And just turns up unannounced. And that's where Dexter and Rudy first meet. Dexter yeah. opens the door and Rudy's standing there. And obviously this is a big moment for Rudy because he knows who Dexter is, but Dexter's a bit completely, well, yeah, he's, he's like, completely unawares. Yeah. What's yeah. up with this guy? Yeah. So after the after Rudy and Dexter meet and we find out that he's the ice truck killer, there's mm. this other crazy murder, which there's no body, but there's heaps of blood. Yeah. So Dexter gets called to a crime scene where it's a hotel room and it's just absolutely filled in blood. Like think um, that that scene the from Shining. The Shining, yeah. where the hallway kind of gushes with blood. It's exactly that. There's blood wall to wall, on the floor, everything. Dexter walks in, he's in his full hazmat suit, um, has some repressed memories come flashing back about all this blood flying everywhere and, and a little boy screaming in a pool of blood, which is yep. like quite a haunting image. Oh, yeah. Um, and a woman kind of screaming and saying, it's okay, it's okay. And then he faints in the blood. Yeah. So that really brings back his these some of these repressed memories, which um, encourages him to look up what happened to his birth mother. And he finds out that her name was Laura Moser and she was killed in a shipping container and Dexter was in the shipping container with her when she was murdered. Yeah, and he stayed in there for like a couple of days. A couple of days, yeah. about three days, until Harry, his adoptive father, came and found him um, and ended up adopting him. So Dexter realises that Rudy is the ice truck killer, but he doesn't. He kind of wants to go about it his own way because he's had this like mm. unspoken connection with this killer. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't tell the police. He no. wants to find his own way of, of getting rid of this guy. Yeah. But Rudy knows this. Yeah. And then he decides that he needs to act. So he kidnaps, kidnaps Deborah. Deborah. Yep. Um, by luring her onto a yacht and proposing to her, which is just like so cruel. Poor Deborah. Mm-hmm. She goes through so many emotions, emotional oh, yeah. highs and lows. And then very quickly after, as soon as she says, yes, blah, blah, he reveals himself to be who he yeah. is. Yep. Doesn't give two shits about her. Um, yep. she's like begging with him just can't believe that this is actually happening all that kind of stuff he eventually knocks it out and um that's and which is basically just a trap to lure in dexter yeah yeah so dexter realizes that that she's been kidnapped by him yeah first of all he thinks that she's going to be in the shipping container because that's where you know he, his mother was murdered and that's where it all kind of began so he thinks that um, rudy has taken her to the shipping container but he goes to the shipping container not there where else could he be? He's thinking, 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 realizes maybe he's at my house, like the house where I was born. So he goes to the house where he was born and again falls into a repressed memory. And in that repressed memory, we see little baby Dexter playing hide and seek and his mum comes out and he's like, Dexter, Dexter, where are you? Finds, and then like having, they find each other, they're having this good time. And then suddenly the mum says, where is your older brother? 
And then all is revealed. This little black-haired boy who's about two or three years older than Dexter. Um, And then, you know, a couple of other memories come up for Dexter, like um, when he fell off his brother, he stole his brother's skateboard and... His name's Brian, but Dexter can't say Brian. He says Biney. So he calls him Biney. And Biney's like giving him a little band aid. So these like nice, beautiful memories of these two brothers like living together. Pretty hard upbringing already because their mum's involved in drugs and all this kind of stuff. But they've got each other. And then we flash back again to the moment where his mum was killed in this shipping container. So she was killed with a chainsaw. So extremely violent, blood everywhere. The kids are both there. So we have little Dexter sitting in this pool of blood and then we pan up to see little Brian crouched in the corner, completely frozen and and distraught. But Dexter was about three when this happened and I think Brian was maybe six. So he's got a lot more visceral memories of what happened and couldn't forget. And then Harry decided in his wisdom, not that's sarcastic, his non-wisdom, to adopt Dexter and to leave Brian to the mercy of the social services system. Yeah, because he thought Dexter was savable. Savable, yeah. Yeah. Which, like, fuck you, Harry. (laughs) Harry, yeah, Harry makes some questionable decisions. very problematic problematic character. Brian, it turns out Brian has been bounced from one place to the other, never adopted, um, lived in the system, been in and out of prison, all this kind of stuff, which then questions how like leads me to question how he became a prosthetics expert but that's yeah. a question for another time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, actually you're right that did yeah, yeah you're like mm, yeah the big punch twist at the end because of the impact of it you, you, you're not thinking about you're not thinking, you're not thinking logically you're just, like, you're just like fuck them brothers oh my god yeah. yep and then obviously that leads dexter to this really hard decision because he's got I mean, for you and me, maybe not a hard decision, but you can, you can, you can understand the emotionality of it. He's finally found someone who can understand, who who understands that who really, who he really is, who really knows him. Yeah, yeah. who understands that urge to kill has the same urge to kill was essentially reborn. They talk about in this shipping mm. container when their mother was brutally murdered. So it's and and Deborah. So Deborah's there on the slab, and Brian's like Brian slash Rudy is like. I've got her ready. Let's kill her together. together. Then we can go and live our happy family life. He's pretty psychotic. And Dexter's like, well, I can't kill her. But he's kind of going backwards and forwards between having someone who knows who he is and having someone who accepts him and then having to continue or having to continue with this kind of half fake life that he's living. But he really struggles with it. And you can tell that he really does have feelings for his sister and for um, his for Rita and for his broader yeah. community, and yeah, and that's I think the the arc of the season is him trying to decide, but like, man, I faked these emotions for so long. Yep. Actually, are they yeah. are they real? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I've you know fake it till you make it kind of thing, mm. which um, is like one of the first things sort of Harry says to him. Yep. Um, and then he's like, whoa, it's kind of worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, he he they have he has this moment with with Rudy slash Brian and. You know, it's pretty heart-wrenching, but eventually he... Rudy goes to try and kill Deb, and Dexter fights him off, saves him. At the, Right about the same time, the police burst in, um, and they find Dexter, like, fighting off Rudy, and then Rudy escapes, and then we kind of cut to the next day. We think we see Dexter tucking Deb into bed, and he goes to sleep on the couch. Deb's in his bedroom. He knows that Rudy's tracking him. He knows that Rudy wants to, you know kill Deb 
still as a, like a present in quotation marks to Dexter to kind of free him of his social constraints and the normality that he's kind of bound to. And then, so yeah, so Rudy comes in in the nighttime, picks the lock, comes in, goes to stab Deb, but spoiler, surprise, surprise, it's not Deb. It's a doll. Dexter comes up from behind, attacks Rudy, da, 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 kills Rudy, makes it look like suicide drains his blood like in the same way that he kind of killed his victims wrote a suicide note etc the end case closed case closed ice truck killer no one's searching for him anymore no no one's searching for ice truck killer it's all fine it's all fine yeah bit emotional for poor dex you Mm. know he's killed his brother the only person that actually knew what he had gone through and who he was inside so heart-wrenching finale but happily ever after yeah essentially so, yeah, a couple of... Well, really only the one big sting, which is the shoe that's left behind. Yeah. So, so, Paul, there's like that... It's kind of Rita clicks that maybe Paul was... Her ex-husband was telling the truth that Dexter did something to get him back into prison. Yeah. And the other one? The other one is you're kind of left with this impression that Doak still doesn't trust Dex. Yeah. And that that's... He's not going to let that go. Yes, that he's watching him. Moving forward. Yeah. Um, and I only say that sort of like a sting. You, probably like the first time I watched it, I didn't realise that as much as a thing. But yeah. having now watched it going into After season the two, season, you're yeah. like, oh, that's actually quite a large They follow up with point. that. Yeah. Moving forward. Yeah, but, um, that's it. Hopefully Ooh. you followed that there. I got quite panicked in the middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we got lost a yep. few times, but we're back. It's, it's so tricky doing it because, like, we barely talked about Angel at all. Yes. And, um, that's another one of the other police officers. Yeah. And they all have their own kind of subplot going on yeah. for them. And watching it, originally I watched it week to week. Yeah. And now watching it as a, as a binge, you can sort of see some of those, like, some of the ways the characters develop, that I think they sort of take, they're still really as a show deciding which way characters are going to go. Yeah. And, I, like, when I originally watched it, I obviously didn't think about that, but then when you're watching it all together, you're like, oh, they changed their minds a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big one was rewatching the pilot. LaGuardia's got hots for decks oh, in yeah. the pilot, and yeah, then that yeah. just disappears. No, that, that must keeps have... going for a little bit. It keeps going throughout the season a bit. But it's really pushed. I, thought, I don't know. I just in the like, first episode. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really notice. Like... I remember, like, I definitely know that that happened. I didn't really notice it disappearing. I thought she just kind of gave up. Yeah. Which is good because I didn't like that storyline. But I think they kind of maybe did that to try and help her excuse some of his erratic behavior. Yeah. And help her ignore dokes, dokes yeah. when he was saying there's something creepy about that guy. Which, honestly, when I was rewatching it as well, I was like, fuck, there's so much workplace harassment in this. Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> in, this, in this TV series. Um, I don't know what it's actually like in the police force, but man. Like, mm. dokes is like at Dexter all the time. Yeah. And I... I would be going to HR if I was Dexter. Oh, very much. Well, yeah, probably not a good idea for him to really tip off and <laughs> really look at me. So normally this is the bit where you would give your rose... I think you need to talk about how to you... Reviews, but yeah, yeah, how it came into my life. Because this is one that I guess both of us had watched. Yes. I didn't have the DVD. No. So my relationship with the show started in 2007 when it was broadcast in Australia. What, was it on um, Free to Air? No. no. We Foxtel. had Yeah, Foxtel growing up, which was awesome. And I loved the movie channels. Yep. And for like a couple of months, they started advertising this new channel called Showcase, which was going to be like, guess what? TV's good now. Whoa. And I was so excited about it. And they launched with this show and a show called The Riches. Okay, I don't know. Which I didn't really get into. But yeah. I loved like um, procedural murder shows. Like I watched a lot of CSI yes, and like same. You know, yeah, so it's good. like yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And mum really liked them too. So yeah. when I saw this and they like they advertised the hell out of it, like yeah. it was all the time doing like featurettes and being like, it's huge in the States and everyone's going to love it and yeah. TV's good now. Yeah. And, and I was just like, we have to watch this. So yeah. I like, convinced the whole family to watch it. Oh, um, cute. And then we just, we loved it. And yeah, mum really got into it especially. But yeah, it, it dropped week to week. Maybe we can have Linda on as a special guest for season two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She can or, talk about... Letting her young children watch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Linda. I know. I know. It's a sore point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and rewatching it now, I just remember how well this show did the did the cliffhanger. Yes. Um, But just how amazed also I was by TV being like this. Yeah. Like this isn't CSI. No. No. Like you know, (laughs) this isn't. There's a murder out. They find murder out. Yes, exactly. End of episode. No. Well, I guess those ones are. They are procedurals and they're um, formulaic. Mm. And this is not formulaic. No. In that way. Yeah. In that same way. It's very much every episode is different. You know, if you watch it, if you ever got into a binge session with something like CSI, or I remember doing this with House, and yeah. after a while you're like, hang on a second, <laughs> it's about 15 minutes in that this always happens. Yeah. Or it's about, you know, 10 minutes out of the end when they, when House always has the epiphany about. Yeah. what the medical emergency actually is. Procedures are so hard to binge because of that. Yes. You're just sort of like, like oh, yeah. I'm onto this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it becomes so obvious. Yeah. And you can't really do that with this. No, not at all. But I just remember feeling like this was the first TV show that I kind of felt like part of a club for. Like, oh, yeah. If you talk to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I watch Dexter. You're like, you get it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, so we bought the DVD for my uncle for Christmas and I kept the T-shirt. So oh. I, also, <laughs> I also had the T-shirt. But um, it got me I into I can't the... believe you didn't give your uncle the T-shirt. I know. That's really... I think back on that and I'm like, that's a dick move. That is like, a dick shouldn't move. have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Does he listen? Um, he might. Oh. Um, yeah. Where is it now? Better give it back. No, no, it's gone to the op shop. Oh. Um, that's sad. I know. But I also got into the Dexter books. Oh, did you? Um, because of it. Oh, yeah. We should say it is based on the Jeff Lindsay series, Darkly Dreaming yeah. Dexter. And very loosely. Yes. So the first book of the series lines up with the first season in the fact that it's got the ice truck killer that's yes. his brother. But a couple of key differences, like mm. the ice truck killer escapes at the end. Yes. Uh, look at it. Dies. Oh, Laguetta dies. D- uh, Dokes loses his tongue. Oh, gross. Um, but also, kind of wish that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, He's and such then a dickhead. The, not to go too much off it, but the, the books got bad quite quickly. Did they? Yeah, like, okay. By number three, there's like some supernatural aspects that oh, crept really? in. And like, I think I read five of them in total, and, but they just became like trashy things. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Like pop fiction kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I wouldn't remember the plot from any of them because yeah. I just remember that third one thinking the fuck happened here because yeah. I read them after I'd watched a couple of seasons of the show yeah and I was like ready to get into it I was like I'm glad they they kept this more real yeah 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 more believable and yep. watchable yeah but um I, it's always I I like like the darker series even even the superhero stuff like for me I think it needs to be somewhat cemented in reality even if there yeah. are elements of supernatural elements of special powers or whatever the more real it is in terms of the characters and i don't know everything else it's it's better and exactly and they had to do it because the violence in the book was more more violent to the extent that you're like if this actually happened in real life there's no way dexter would have gotten away with it because you know there's too much and i'm sure if they'd written a script and gone actually we can't can't that's do just that. gonna be yeah. ridiculous. But Wait, um, in the books, did Dexter cut out Dokes' tongue? No, I can't. I can't just, remember. I can't remember what happens at the end. There was this giant like bloodbath at the end as they 
get the ice truck killer oh, and Laguerta yeah. dies and Dokes gets his tongue cut out and yeah. I think his legs cut off. Oh. And but he comes back but and I think Dokes is really onto him, like actually knows that he had a lot of stuff to do with it. Right. But he can't speak anymore, but he can write. Know, he, he does, and he's still like, "I know your secret." And he texts him. Yeah, it gets. Oh, okay. But again, you know, silly it stuff. Sounds a bit like Pretty Little Liars, kind of like. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on that tangent, went off, but yeah, absolutely loved this show and yep. felt really, you know, this was first good TV I'd sort of yep. watched, and it was very much like lauded. Yeah. Especially in its showing on this showcase channel. I, I love this show and yeah, felt very much connected to it. Which is weird that, yeah, I thought I watched it for ages, but looking back on it, I only watched it up to season three. So Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think the first season for me was so revolutionary. Mm. Like, I don't know if that's dumb to say, but it felt revolutionary to me in terms of what television could be like. Yeah. And it's not really now, if you're a young person now, not like us old fogies, but if you're a young person now, there's so much choice of good television, like really good, really complex television. Whereas I guess when we were growing up, I mean, I grew up without TV, so whatever, but, (laughs) but you, you know, the things that dominated TV were things like friends and, I don't know what else you are more into that than me. Well, I think a good way to look at it is that if you look at um, any drama category at this time, sort of the move from the early thousands. Yeah. Like Law and Order SVU was getting nominated for best drama. Yes. Okay. You know, like NCIS was getting nominated (laughs) for best drama. That's what dramatic TV was back then. Yeah. 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 Um, And then The Sopranos started to show up, but even that wasn't winning because people were like, "What is is this?" Yeah. So Sopranos is really what people kind of. Put as the marking point for when television became important. Yes, yeah. When <laughs> yeah. television became like complex and and That's good. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dexter, I think, was very much around that time. When was when was that? When was The Sopranos? Yeah, first. That was two thousand four. I want to feel, but uh, could be proven wrong. You are going to be proven wrong. Yep. Nineteen ninety nine. Fuck. Yeah. So The Sopranos. Did we cut that bit out? I don't know. <laughs> now I say, sorry. Sopranos was originally aired in 1999. I guess it took people a little while to kind of catch on to the fact that television could be much more uh, in-depth. Because imagine if, like, you know, CSI turned up in Best Drama Now up against, you know, Handmaid's Tale. Big Little Lies. What are some of the other great ones? Yeah, but, like, all all this, like, really quality TV, you'd feel weird. Like, even um, This Is Us, which is, like, the only commercial network show that's shown from drama people still kind of scoff at that and be like yeah what's that doing there yeah yeah, you know? yeah. Like, i do a bit scoff at yeah that. that's it <laughs> yeah. it's tv changed so rapidly it has, and yeah. this show i think to me was the turning point because yeah. i didn't see the sopranos <laughs> same yeah. same for me still haven't watched it <laughs> still haven't watched it yeah not going to yeah mum and dad watched it yeah. i might watch it one day no i'm not i'm young i've got time <laughs> You can probably guess our review of the show. To me, it was still brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Same for me. Definitely some things on rewatching that I was like, huh. Hmm. You know, and there was things that I didn't 100%. Is, should we talk about that now? Yeah, so. I, I think so. There's a couple of things I've put up to. Mine are probably going to be more, I don't know. What are you going to bring up? Like, I think mine are going to be really different, but they could be exactly the same. They could so be you the can same. start it off. All right. So the first thing, <laughs> okay. So I just had a couple of things written down as I watched through. Anyway, we'll go through them. So we've talked a lot about 
the, that it was the first kind of TV series that we understood as being, you know, changed the way we viewed television. And in that same vein, it was the first time I really appreciated a title sequence. Mm. So we should probably talk a little bit about, if you want to talk a little bit about the title sequence. Yeah. Um, which if you haven't seen, I'll put it up on the Facebook page, but it's just so good. It's iconic. It is iconic. Yeah. I, yeah. I have this vivid memory of, like, I don't watch the block, so don't judge me. <laughs> Yeah, but one time flicking Look, no channels that the block parodied the Dexter opening and it just blew my mind that that this title sequence had infiltrated the zeitgeist I guess so much that the block was that even doing the it. block was like yeah. onto it. Yeah, yeah. it was because they had all the um plastic up because they were painting oh. something and then they played the music and had you know someone coming in with a knife and but I was that's like, not in the title sequence. No, but it was you know they played the music. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 right. But I just remember thinking like. Fuck, this yeah. is, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the title sequence is amazing. And watching it again now, I don't know, I felt I loved more it even more. By yeah, it. totally, totally. Um, the sec- Like this time I was like, at the start, like definitely when I first watched it, I was amazed by the title sequence and loved the title sequence. It's very clever the way it implies violence in everyday activities. So mm-hmm. the title sequence basically follows Dexter getting ready for work or getting ready for the day and he's... Um, cracking some eggs into a pan. He like is tying shoelaces. He's cutting up some bacon. Juices some oranges. Yeah, just grind some coffee beans. Mm. That all that kind of stuff. But it's all done in a way that just shows. There's a couple of spatters of like um, tomato sauce, you know, hinting at blood, that kind of stuff. Or he gets blood from his teeth when he's flossing. But it's all done in this way that is very clearly implying that these acts that we do without even thinking have an element of violence to them, Mm. which is just so good. And that's, I guess, that's what Dexter is kind of like. He's kind of like on the surface, very cool, calm and collected and and this normal, fun-loving, well, not fun-loving, but he's this normal, like... He's normal. He's He's straight-laced. Yeah, got a... Nice girlfriend, blah, yep. blah, nice guy. But underneath, there's this big element of violence mm. to him. So it is an amazing title sequence. And it actually yeah. has, it won the Emmy for the Outstanding Main Title in 2007. Yeah. Which, oh, as it should. Which combined with, so the music for the title sequence is actually different from the composer that wrote the music it for is. the rest of the series. Yeah. So um, it's composed by, um, I wrote it down, Rolf Kent did the title sequence but it's just, it's just so beautiful in its sort of haunting nature something i noticed about the title sequence this time that i didn't notice growing up but it does these sort of like rapid cuts when it's focusing on something so yeah. it's it sort of just moves the camera a little bit but it's so it's jarring just, yeah it's, like it, a little it's still focusing on the same thing but it's just a little bit and i i felt like first time edge. that i kind of noticed it yeah. i was like oh my TV, my TV's doing something weird. Oh, that. really? I know, that's part of it. Yeah, I watched... There's one... There's not many special features on this, so we probably won't have a section where we talk about special features, yeah. so I'm just going to kind of talk in a little bit about it as we go, but the one special feature they had was some commentary on the last episode, so I watched that uh, with the audio commentary, and they were talking about the title sequence and how they got Rolf Kent to, to do this, and he's done heaps of, of great, of movie great movies. So they got the music first, and they actually cut the title sequence to match the music rather than cutting the music to match yeah. or, or developing the music to match what they had already cut together in terms of visuals. So the music was a huge part of the way that that title sequence was put together ultimately, and that music, it actually ended, the, the final episode ends on that same music as well. It's kind of like a little... Um, book ending of of the first season but very iconic Mm. as we said oh yeah yeah i think it would go down as like one of the best of all time surely yeah well yeah and interestingly like as that same year 
I was in, I guess, now in my second year of film and we had a subject on title sequences. So we actually were like looking a lot into title sequences, which kind of coincided with me watching Dexter, which was nice. Mm, But I remember looking at some other ones, which were amazing, like um, the opening or the title sequence for Seven, Mm. the horror film, yeah, which is an amazing, also an amazing title sequence. I've got that on DVD. Oh, yes. So good. (laughs) I always tell my kids to watch it at school and then I remember it's rated R. And it's (laughs) pretty bad. It's really full on. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, then I'm like, oh, actually, just don't don't tell anyone I told you that. But such a good film. And then recently, my favourite, most recent title sequence is the the theme tune. I guess it's theme tune? Is that what you call it? The, the the music that's over the top of the title sequence for Stranger Things and the title sequence for Stranger Things. Uh, that is exactly it. <laughs> it was uncanny. It's good. It's great. It's so good, though. I, I get my kids to analyse that sometimes and they can start to pick apart all the elements to it. Like, there's the heartbeat stuff and there's, you know, there's just so many little yeah. aspects of it that it's it's seems pretty simple the title sequence for stranger things and yet it's so effective Mm. and i think being part of this i guess yeah peak tv also dexter sort of shaped what peak tv was in the future and i think this type of sequence therefore has made title sequencing so important yes stuff to come and Um, yeah so people are putting some focus on it and putting some emphasis on it when they're making the the tv series Yeah. yeah very much so and i think i do wonder if you know dexter had gone with just like a card you know that said dexter whether it would have shaped things like that in the future. It just sets up, like, I think it is really important to have a good title sequence. Mm. It sets up your mood for the whole film or the whole TV series. Very much so. And it's it's weird these days, I guess, in the binging of it that... You can skip it. You can skip it. Uh, I'd never do because I feel it's sort of... Cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and also, like, I think it's important. Yeah. I didn't Um. skip it for when I was rewatching Dexter, but I have definitely for other ones. Mm. Yeah, and I'm just thinking now, like, the the title sequence that I would be most familiar with before Dexter was the Buffy title sequence, which is not very good. I don't know. No, I know. Yeah. I know, the oh, Simpsons title wish, sequence. I wish Rose was here. Yeah. I know that. The Simpsons title sequence is actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, that's a good little story involved. The, the Buffy title sequence is just, like, some cuts together of her fighting. Some, oh, actually it is. It's just it's like, like, oh! Yeah, yeah. I know. have seen that. Yeah. yeah. It's not... It it's, tells it's you cl- what it is, but it's classic it's... TV title sequence. Yes, exactly. You know, like yeah, bit of a clip. Get show. the point across. Here we are. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a little bit the thing that I noticed was, I guess we keep on circling back to this sort of idea of peak TV. Yeah, but I felt again watching it in a different style. I'd watched it before, very much in that binge style. You could see, you could almost see some of the writers transitioning from what they thought TV writing was to what TV writing was becoming. Yeah, just with a couple of like the little like side plots that jump in in episodes. Yeah. A very I'm not using the right word, but very procedural or very sitcom-y. Like, there was this one episode where um, Batista, Angel Batista, who's this other detective we talked about before, yeah, he's trying to find the right gift for his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sort of like a... He keeps on showing it to Dexter, and Dexter keeps keeps on bringing up a fault in it. And I was like, this is so out of place in what I sort of see now as a show like this being. But back in the day, I guess... It fit in. It it was like part of. Yeah. This is how we write TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have these little jokes. We've got to have like a week to a week gag thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that was only one episode, wasn't it? That that yeah. Happened? Uh, that's the example that I wrote down. Yeah. But there was a couple other. A couple of other times that I kind of felt like. I wonder if Dexter was made now, where we're probably a bit more confident in making this kind of TV thing, yeah. whether there's go. We don't Leave do that, that anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Like we yeah. got we've got other things that we can work Rely on. on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, totally. Because it's kind of forget. It's um very forgetful that. Yeah, yeah. Forgetful. 
forgettable. Forgettable. Yeah, <laughs> Thank it. you. It's very forgettable, that part of it. And even the side plot with, with Batista and his broken down marriage and mm. stuff. Like, you're like, yeah, it's nice to have given some backstory and that kind of thing. But it was a bit, I found it a little bit like cliche, I guess. Yeah. He has better things. Oh, I there think, are more yeah, worthy the things. Wrong bits were probably focused on and it could have been fleshed out. And it would be fleshed out differently now. these days, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's on, something I noticed. On Batista, he's played by a guy called David Zayas. And just as a side note, mm. a little tidbit for you, he was yeah. actually a cop. Oh, wow. Yeah, before he got into acting. And he's he was like with his partner in the car, you know, on their drive rounds or whatever, when he was an actual cop running lines to like try an audition. That's awesome. Yeah, but he does such a such a great job. Oh, yeah. Uh, the whole cast is great. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about the cast in a bit more detail. The other thing I had was I had just workplace harassment all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> just like fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, the rival- I didn't really like the rivalry at the start of the season. It kind of went all the way through with um, Deb and La Guetta. So the two kind yeah. of strong women that you had in, well, along with Rita, but the two women who were working together, there was this real rivalry between them or, or more that Laguetta was just kind of distrusting of Deb and, and out to get Deb yeah. in a way that was just like, oh, a bit gross. And, and I didn't know why, like, I didn't really understand why, because she, Laguetta was, had a crush on Dexter, so how is she endearing herself to Dexter by being an absolute asshole to his mm. sister? Like, I just didn't really understand the, the logic behind that. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's a thread that kind of, like, it, you're right, it does stick throughout the whole season, yeah. but also they kind of push that a bit. Exactly, like, I think they like, kind of mm, let it go a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and I think, and then it's kind of also, because there's a lot, you know, female friendships are something that has been, uh, sidelined a lot until kind of recently these days mm. we, we're having a lot more positive representation of female friendships and historically women are always seen to be rivals in or mostly not always but uh, a lot of the time seem to be rivals in in tv and film and this was very much playing on that idea or like that trope it kind of fell into that that yeah. trope which i was like well yuck but then in the last episode, LaGuetta actually gets fired from her lieutenant job and this other woman is brought in. And at the start, it seems to be another kind of woman-woman hating situation. Like they're both trying to climb the ladder and they see each other as um, as threats to each other. But we then find out that this other woman is actually like, I'm just putting on a show. I'm going to work with you. Let's do this together. And it's a much stronger and better relationship that's kind of set up there, which is, I can't actually remember what happens with that relationship in season two. But I guess we'll get to that. Mm, yeah. Um, but that's kind of nice. And a little bit of a turnaround from that Deb Laguetta female hating on each other yep. kind of thing. And then we have this nice relationship with another strong woman and Laguetta, which was a bit of a relief for me. And I found it kind of surprising. I mean, there's a lot of awesome female characters in this TV show and a range of female characters as well. Like, it's not like any of the women in this TV show are uh, three-dimensional, I guess. You have, like, Deb as the kind of dirty talking mm. you know cop who's you know flies off she's very loose oh, um, yeah. is that what you call it like she flies off the handle very quickly very quickly and, you know um uses the, the f-bomb at, yeah and as guidelines rather than rules she, yeah, you know, she's <laughs> yeah to, exactly yeah and then you have look who's like career focused da, da 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 and then also you have Rita, who is maybe the more traditionally in quotations feminine um character who's strong very very strong in her own way um Mm. in fighting for her children and making sure her children are safe from her ex-husband 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's a lot of women involved in the production. So Melissa Rosenberg is one of the executive producers and showrunners who has yeah. done, along with uh, a woman called Sarah Colleton, who actually came up with the idea for the show. She read a review of Darkly Dreaming oh. Dexter in a newspaper and was like, hmm. Mm, let's this. get on there. And then she read the book and she was like, this book reads to me like a TV series. Yeah. And then that's where they kind of went from there. Yeah, so she was... Sarah Colleton was Which on... Is such, like, again, again, I know we keep going back to this, but to have that insight back then, to oh, read a amazing. book and go, this reads like a TV series, but to what TV is going to become, not yeah. like, this reads like a TV series. Like now, like, yeah, like what know, it was at the time. CSI. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, so but, Sarah yeah. Colleton was the, on the... She was one of the people doing the audio commentary on the episode that I watched oh, as well. So that was pretty interesting. She's also done things like riding in cars with boys, um, the painted veil. She's worked on Hannibal, you know, that, oh, yeah. that TV series. It's more recent. Mm. Um, I think that shared a couple of people from Dexter, like a couple of the producers. Yeah. The behind the, the scenes. Behind, yeah. Of, sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the crew. The other one, so Melissa Rosenberg, I know her from Jessica Jones. So she's kind of the person behind Jessica Jones. Have you watched Jessica Jones? I have not watched Jessica Jones. It's also an amazing TV series. Yes, I know. I've so much TV to catch up on. <laughs> I know. Season one is really so good. Like to the point of, I would say, similar. I had similar feelings about season one of Jessica Jones that I did about Dexter. I have, yep. I have stopped watching it because I kind of it kind of went a bit downhill. That's the one problem with TV shows. They can't sustain. It's hard to sustain. It is, it is hard to sustain. But yeah, so she's worked on that as well. And so she's a pretty amazing producer. I think having a lot of women involved in this was... A good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but also you can, you can feel its impact maybe. I think so. Yeah. I think you can feel its impact for sure in terms of the complexity of, of the female characters. Yeah. Yeah. And also of the screen time of the female characters yeah, too. Yes. Because even though the show is called Dexter and it's mainly about Dexter, I feel like, especially with LaGuardia, you get an insight into her life in a, yeah, really three-dimensional way yeah. rather than, yeah, just focus on her through the lens of Dexter yes. or through the Yeah, lens. that's yeah. right. Because you, do, you don't see everything through Dexter's no. point of view. You see other cl- other little snippets of each other's lives and everyone is given a chance to be fleshed out a little bit more. Mm. And really like the good thing about this show I felt was that it apart from maybe you're right Batista in his marriage everyone else I feel like the fleshing out is done in a really non-tokenistic way it's yeah. not just like and also this is this person's thing yes. like yeah. you know and this is this person's yeah. thing it's quite organic in yeah. that it bleeds I don't know it bleeds together per- yeah. perfectly I think, it's, well I think it's it's more realistic like people aren't and that's the whole theme of the show you know people aren't black and white no they're somewhere in between and yeah. we might be good on one side and but we have this dark thing going on yeah and i think that's with dokes as well like dokes could so easily be this just antagonist who's just at dexter the whole time who you just like fuck off like you know leave him alone but then you get a little bit of his vulnerability he asks hmm. deb out at one point like you know he's he you can tell that he's very socially awkward that he doesn't really understand social norms and that comes through in both the writing and in the acting as well. And I think that's very 
clever. Yeah. And with Laguetta as well, like you get that understanding of her as a leader, but also her as a woman, a woman of color in a very male dominated field, trying to become, you know, up in the leadership structure yeah. of the police force. And you, you see kind of her struggles with that as well. It's not, yeah, it's not black yeah. and white. And, and it's so organic. You don't ever feel like now we've switched to Laguerta vision or we've yes. switched to Doke's vision. You're sort of like, Oh, actually I just got that as part of the whole overall the whole thing. Yeah. It's sort of, doesn't trick you because that's not what it's trying to do but it yeah it blends it well together it does definitely that, don't really know what i was doing there <laughs> blends well that's good fine it blends well yeah do you want to talk about uh harry and how fucked he is as a father yeah i know <laughs> um and this feels, I just wrote, okay. as this as the series goes on like season one is not the only one to involve harry yeah but um yeah i just wrote down therapy mm. why didn't he just take him to therapy yeah He's it, like, let's. He's like, um, I'll just uh, take this complex individual and yeah. deal with it on my own because I'm a, I know everything about everything and I can yeah. fix this child who has very complex PTSD from something he doesn't even remember. And also at the expense of my own daughter, because well, really, yes. you really feel like he's oh, just totally. like. Totally. In the flashbacks, you really do see. I got to fix this. So yeah. Dexter could, became the back burner. Dexter hundred percent became his priority, and Deb was like neglected. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's so many dodgy things he did as a father. Like why he, he kind of encouraged it anyway. Like he realized, so he realizes that his adoptive son has some, some urge to kill because, you know, some animals kind of get hurt around the house and that kind of thing. So if that happens, what, as a potential father of the future, what would you do? Like, yeah, you're right. Therapy. Yeah. It's just (laughs) a hundred percent the right way to go. But also like, I, you know, I get it. Like Harry's so hardened by the police force. He's like, you know, none of this stuff works. You know, people are like this and there's no way you can change it. Right, so maybe, I, yeah. I want to use it. For good. For good. But it's for him. It's so it's selfish. And I think that's, from memory, that's explored as we go. Well, I think it's it comes to the end when in the final kind of episode where him and, where Dexter and Rudy slash Brian are talking, Dexter's going, I can't, I can't kill Deb, the code, you mm. know, the code. And Brian's going, or Rudy slash Brian is going, yeah. it's Harry's code. It's not your code. Yeah. It was never your code. It was given to you. It's not your code. It's Harry's code. Yeah. Which is very true. It is yeah. Harry's code. Um, but Dexter has to decide whether, I guess, he embraces that or not. But also he comes, he finds out that Harry's been lying to him about his biological father because Harry actually knew where yeah. his biological father was. A whole ream of stuff that you just think, you fucked this up. I mean, raising kids can't be easy, but... I was just, I think the, this time, watching it this time, rather than watching it the first time, I was way more aware of how much his father has to blame, I guess, to how he is. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. I, I was just having a quick look also, just remembering, yeah, Harry does continue and you find out more stuff, stuff that he's about done. Harry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, for, first of all, like just leaving Brian in. Yeah, I know, right? Like, save yeah, one. save yep. one, the other one's too too far gone. I can't yep. save him. Just, oh, well, goodbye. Yeah. And then never telling Dexter that he had a brother. You know, like, there's so many dodgy things there. And then encouraging this behaviour. Yeah, and oh. really using Dexter. You, uh, totally like, using, he's yes. jaded that people get, get away. away. He's like, I can get you now with yeah, my weirdo son. Exactly. He's like, um, I've trained up, I've got my vigilante child, and I'm going to set him on yep. you. Yeah. It's really twisted. I mean, it's meant to be twisted, I guess, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I feel the James Raymer, I think is how you pronounce the guy. Yeah, 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 him. the actor. He's great at oh, it. Oh, of course. He does, and yes. I think you can sort of see that 
sort of um, shades of not quite right. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes I can think of where he's sort of like telling off Deb when she steals the gun. Yeah. Deb takes a gun shooting and Harry tells her off and it's the way that he he looks like he's playing a part. Yeah. You know, and that's not bad acting. Yeah. It's just sort of showing like he, you can sort of see his mind working and being like, I am responsible father. This yes. is what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you get, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think that's, it adds a sort of a depth to him. Yeah. The, the whole, everyone in this show is good at acting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are very good at acting. Yes. Uh, the one thing that, I think this kind of annoyed me back in the day when I watched it as well, but it re-annoyed me this time, was mm. the lack of focus on his mother. So I was like, mm. oh, so she had no impact on his life? Like, she, he had a mother. He had, uh, not his biological mother, I'm, I'm talking about his um, adoptive mother. She died. She dies. Um, early, but not it? super early, I don't think. Yeah, like, when like they're in their teens. Or yeah. 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 So, you know, she would have had a big impact on his life. But we never even meet her. We never even see her. And I was like, I just, there's kind of a bit of an erasure of the mother in that way. And I don't know how that plays with, I guess, Rita's there as a mother. Um, and Laura Moser, his biological mother, plays a big role in his kind of psyche. But his adoptive mother, in comparison to his adoptive father, is just totally erased. Yeah, there's, yeah. Nothing, there's nothing there. Yeah, which I found, uh, that annoyed me. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, oh, okay, what, we just don't even touch on that? Like, mm. Yeah, was she? Was she even there? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah. Did she know what was happening? Does that mean Harry's like keeping something from her as well? Like, yeah. yeah. Far out. Yeah. That annoyed me. There was a flashback to when, <laughs> I just changed tracks a mm. little bit. There was a flashback to when he's younger and just before Harry died when he does his first kill. And I just wrote, there was re- really bad makeup used. Like he's, he, oh, yeah. the prosthetics or whatever they used to try and make him look young was just yeah. like, ugh. Really just like a Beatles wig, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it, was, it looked <laughs> so like, bad. Yeah, yeah. It looked so bad. Yeah. It looked really bad. Um, no, that's true. Uh, did we want to talk about, um, I guess, the two, like Dexter is the lead, but also Deborah and about, um, I guess, them as actors. Sure. Yeah. Jennifer Carpenter hasn't done, like she's done a bit more TV. Since this? Since this. this uh, she was in that TV show Limitless. Oh, I yeah. I think she's in maybe, what's that sequel to The Good Wife? I don't know, but I think she's in that now. I've got no idea. I need, I should probably have looked her up. The Enemy Within? Uh, no, maybe she's not. But um, she's brilliant in this. Yes, she is. Um, this Very is gonna, committed. This is going to sound really awful, but I watched this when I was like in year 10. And one of the things that shocked me, like now, both her and Laguerta, I sort of saw as like older women. And oh, now really? watching it, I'm like, they're quite young. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just in my memory of it was like, yeah, in their older yeah. years, yeah. the latter years, um, which is just weird how your mind remembers. Yeah, I guess that's like, like when you thought all your teachers were old. old. When you were, yeah, yeah. And now we are those um, teachers. But it, her, my strong memory of her, and we'll get to it eventually, is she did like this horror movie called Quarantine that was just got on the sleepover rotation. I've seen that movie so so many times. Oh, so, like, 2008 Quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we will get that to eventually. Oh, really? Yeah. You have that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. But, I look um, forward to it. Yeah. I think I bought Quarantine because I was like, it's the Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she and Michael C. Hall actually got married. Yeah. And then divorced. Yeah. But, and then continued on for a few more seasons together. But in what seemed like a, like, because they just eloped, ran off, got married. And Did then, they really? Yeah. Oh, and then I think it. both went, oh, what are we doing? Like, Two years you know, later. Yeah. Like, and oh. apparently they're still like good friends. Yeah. But it sounds like it was just like. Yeah. Fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and Michael C. Hall. Yeah, he's absolutely Love fantastic. That guy. Oh my god. I know. How good is he? So he's mostly known for or before Dexter he was in um Six Feet Under, yeah. which was another one of another quality T V series, I reckon. Like I again I wasn't into Six Feet Under, but it was one of those TV series that kind of broke the mold a little bit. And he played a gay character as well, which again is another more complex representation of the LGBTQI plus community on screen. And then he's also big on Broadway. Oh, really? He's a a musical theatre actor. Does he sing? Um, Yeah. Oh, amazing. He played the MC in Cabaret for a a long time, which is like... A very different role to Dexter, but sort of seeing also Dexter through that lens, you can sort of see like there is some sort of similarities to it too, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I, not this... familiar enough with oh, Cabaret, yeah. sorry. So, yeah. But he's yeah. also, he was in, more recently he was in The Crown. Oh, yeah. Excellent actor. He also went through cancer during yeah. the filming. So after he was diagnosed with cancer during season yeah. four, didn't tell anyone until they wrapped because he was like, didn't want anyone to be affected, didn't want yeah. production to be affected. Started treatment the day they wrapped or the day after they wrapped and managed to survive, which is amazing. amazing. I, did, I remember that was a big controversy at the time because he went to the Emmys wearing a beanie because he had the chemo and yep. stuff like that. And he got torn to shreds by like some fashion police oh. thing. And then they got told, well, like, you know, he's just, Going through chemo. Can- yeah. yeah, going through chemo and recovering from cancer. And they were like, oh my God, we're so sorry. Oh, like, they got- oh my God. <laughs> um, Check your facts. That's it. it was just, I just remember that like made the news being like, this really bad thing happened. Yeah, that is terrible. Yeah. Speaking of the Emmys, the show did all right awards wise, got nominated a lot. It only ever won, apart from the, well, it only won two big Emmys. It won one directing one and John Lithgow in season four won for... Um, he is very good. Guest actor. Yeah. But um, none of the other actors. I can't believe you haven't cast. seen season four. Do you know what happens? No. Oh my God. Um, I, I won't say. Yeah. Uh, I only ever, have I said that I only watched up to season three? Yeah. I think I have. We, yeah, we were. Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> Paul's hungover, everyone. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I was getting away with it. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, did better at the Golden Globes. Um, Michael C. Holt won one for Best Actor. Yeah. For playing Dexter. Oh, is that who he played? <laughs> he's just so. He's just so. It's like candy for the eyes. Seeing him on screen. He's so good. And actually, that's one of the things I wanted to, that I realised. I must have realised at the time, but watching it now, just the, at the end of the episode where he looks at the camera a couple of times, man, that's excellent. <laughs> just every time you get a shiver down your back. And the end of the like, title sequence, every time he does yeah. it, he takes, he puts his shirt on, yeah. pulls it over his face, and then he's looking directly at the camera. I love yeah. that shot. It should have the title sequence should have ended on that shot. They have that next shot oh, of him walking, him walking out the door. I don't know. I think that completes the Do you image of him being like, "This is him," and then this is he has to like pretend, pretend. to be. Oh, like, I, I never like. The, I never got yeah. that. I felt like it was. It was kind of tacked on the end. I didn't really enjoy that yeah. shot, but whatever. No, nah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Moment of meditation for Michael C. Hall's face. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else we need to talk about? Oh, I don't think so. The good news for the future, folks, is mm. that... We have season two to get we've through. We've got season two, and then I think in my collection I've got season four. Great. So, so. We, we skip season three. Yeah. What's our oh, season three? Is that Jimmy um, Smith? Yeah, Jimmy Smith. I was just talking to my brother and dad about Dexter. Yeah. And dad came, and I was like, I finished watching on the Jimmy Smith season, and dad came up with this pearl of wisdom. Yeah. Jimmy Smith's coming into a show probably means you know 
The show's going downhill. Yeah. Like, you know, because he came in the last two seasons of West Wing. He oh. came in as Sons of Anarchy ended. Oh. He came in... This one actually survived quite a while after him, but, yes. you know, that was the season where I dropped off. Like, yes. Um, he well, came in but with because the, this... It was a bad season, and season four reignited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no offense, because Jimmy Smith's is pretty great. Yeah. Um, and in West Wing, he was the best thing about those last couple of seasons. Yeah. He really, like, at maybe, least so maybe they're like, kept it burning. Maybe instead of seeing him as the, like, doomsday yeah. or whatever of the, the series, they actually bring him in when they're like, the series is in trouble. That's it. The only <laughs> thing that can save us is Jimmy Smith's. Get him <laughs> so, on. Like, that's what my brother said. He's probably like, yeah. that's his agent sells him as the yeah. series saver. <laughs> because he kind of did. I yeah. mean, season three was still terrible. Season two, I didn't enjoy, though, either. So maybe season two, they were like, Fucked it up. Better get him in. Yep, get in the fix it. One eight hundred. Yeah. Jimmy Smith. Yeah. And then season four, loved it. Season four was also. I mean, this was also the first time. I will talk about this for season four. But mm. season four has Julia Styles. Julia Styles in it, and yeah. John Lithgow, both yeah. of whom are traditionally film stars. Mm. I would say is that true for John Lithgow? Well, he did Third Rock from the Sun for oh, okay. all that time. Well, Julia Styles yeah. traditionally film. I yeah. would know her mostly from film. Um, yeah. So for me, this is definitely the first time as well that people in film, film stars, started getting involved in TV, mm. which now we see all the time. Oh yeah, but was really new and like it was TV wasn't a prestigious thing yeah. to do. Well, I even think um, Jimmy Smith's coming in, people were like, oh, you know. Yeah. But then I guess he'd, he'd done West Wing. But anyway. But yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. So. Yes. So no, the good news is we can talk more Dexter. Yes, in we, the future. we can and we will. Yeah. That's just... Just not it. season three. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we come to the point of the podcast now where you have to make a decision. Yes. What do you think I'm going to do? I think... Do, do you want me to guess? Yeah, or, I do. Yeah, I think you're going to put this one into the op shop. Do you? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm keeping it. What? Really? Why would I put it in the op shop? Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> now, now I've been, you know, embarrassed. Um, I just thought, because, you know, it's all on Stan... I know, that's There's true. There's not a lot of special features on here. I just kind of thought... I know, like, that's also well, true. I could declutter, but look... I'm not I'm, I'm not so much about the decluttering, though. Yeah, all about it. the cluttering. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Laura. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the one with three crates of DVDs <laughs> exactly. in a cupboard exactly. at the moment. Yeah, That's right. I don't think I can give it away. I just don't think I can. Fair I enough. know it's on Stan, but do you know, I was halfway through. I was up to season four of five seasons of a show on Stan and it disappeared and it disappeared that is that is my nightmare for forever with the DVD decluttering yeah I'm just like you can't rely on it no yeah and I look I probably will never watch these DVDs again Mm. maybe I will during the apocalypse and the internet goes out oh I got some time on my hands this is like the first non-procedural TV show I've ever I think ever come back to yeah Um, and I loved it yeah it's inspired me to rewatch stuff again, which annoyed me so much because <laughs> there's still so much TV that I want yeah. to watch for the first for now, time. Yeah, I don't exactly. have time to go in and watch, you know, yeah. everything I've ever watched again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was just so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, is, it is good. So I think you probably will get another spin out of them. Yeah, I reckon I'm going to keep on it on that DVD player that you have. <laughs> I'm going to buy one because I have to. I have to update our listeners. Mm-hmm. School has taken my old Mac, and oh, I've got no. a new Mac, which is great. You got one of the new ones. I love my new Mac, but. It has two USB 3 ports, no fucking normal USB, USB port. Yep. What's this called? A USB 3, is it? I've got no idea. Micro USB? Micro, I don't know. It's got some fucking tiny thing. Yep. 
And then I have to have an adapter to get my normal USB mm. port in. The adapter that they gave me from Apple, these things on their own are like 100 bucks. Yeah. doesn't have an HDMI cord adapter. So I have to get another type of adapter to go into my computer, both of which are school-related, so I have them at, at for school. Keep on forgetting to bring them home. Yep. Therefore, I have not been able to watch DVDs properly, and it's driving me absolutely nuts. So I have mm. to get a DVD player. Um, just get one from the op shop. Well, I've had shop. a look on Gumtree. Oh, yeah. Um, there's quite a few. I just have to get my shit together to yeah. actually get one. If you yeah. have one that you want to get rid of, send to dvdclutter at gmail.com. Yeah. The physical not. <laughs> I don't think you can do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> one not day, yet. maybe. Soon. One day. Soon. But yes, I really need to get my hands on a DVD mm. player because it's driving me nuts. Oh, I just feel so bad for prejudging and assuming you're going to get rid of that. Yeah, no, that was a big assumption to make. <laughs> you should feel bad. I'm still like, reeling from it. Like ever after, it's part of my identity formation, it. and it will stay with me. Yeah, I'm thinking as well. Not only will I keep the DVDs, I've just had a look online at some of the t-shirts. You're gonna get new t-shirts. I might try and get a new t-shirt. Yeah. Why not? Do it. Why not? I gotta relive those days. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that t-shirt. My friends who I lived with at that time will uh, test. Will the, know it well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How raggedy it got. Because I remember I wore mine when I was doing sound at a school concert. Like I was. Oh doing yeah, the yeah, yeah. Soundboards. You cool guy. Yeah. You. But it was just great because one of the teachers was like, "Do you watch Dexter?" And I was like, "Yeah, part of the club." Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's it yeah. was. That's how I feel much, when yeah. I find out one of my kids watches something good. Yeah, you're like, like oh, a little bit of respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so good. Um, I think that's it from us for today. Yeah, please do make contact with us on the socials. Yep. At dvdeclutter on your Twitter, your Instagram, Facebook, at Gmail. Send us the email. Uh, let us know if you thought the TV series was a good idea because. We've got some more. Oh, well, we have to do them. Okay. <laughs> well, we have to do them. But if you particularly like them, we might fast track them. We might. I Because um, I am more into TV series than I am into film, I would say. So mm. I think the majority of the ones I've got left are TV series. Yeah. Buckle in, folks. That's it. Speaking of buckling in and yep. fast track, next week on DVD Clutter, <gasps> we've got all of it. We've got The Fast and, and The, the Furious. furious. <laughs> but which one, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Uh, All of them. One to seven. That's it. No, actually, I only own number one on DVD. Okay, that's good. Um, I think they're just the same film, aren't they? I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, listen to that, that one. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. Cool. Well, give us a rate, review, subscribe. You can also review us on Facebook, which would be great for our Facebook page. Just mm-hmm. give it a little bump. Yep. Um, that'd be lovely. Um, follow us on Instagram, etc., etc. Please let us know what you're enjoying. Let us know what you're hating. Let us know you're listening. Just let us know Just anything. Let us know anything. You know, if you've had a weird dream one time, maybe tell us mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, but thanks for listening, and I think that's all from us for today. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Let me just be quiet. Yep, I think it's a good idea. <laughs>